You're listening to a sermon on the Mission Ridge Church Podcast. Hang around after the sermon for more information about Mission Ridge Church. Sermon notes for this message or any of our other messages can be found through our website, missionridge.church. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoy the message. So, uh... You guys all know me. I'm Logan. But this is uh, Billy Branson. Uh, Billy was one of my students when I was a youth pastor over in Pullman. Um, possibly my favorite student. It's unconfirmed. It's unconfirmed. Um, I, I went digging through my old uh, photos and videos to try to find uh, something embarrassing. Um, and really, the only one that I could find that suited the bill was also embarrassing to me. So we don't have that today. Um, it involved, the, do you remember the flip cup water game? I do. Yeah, you were terrible at that. Yep. Um, I, I'd forgotten how bad that went for you. But uh, it was really good. So if you ask me sometime, maybe I'll show it to you. I just didn't want it on the internet. If you want to, you can go look on my Instagram. I have a video of oh, me force feeding a cupcake into Logan's oh, face. Yeah. And smearing it purposely all over him. Yeah, it was in all in my beard. Yeah. So there was good times. Good times, says Billy's youth pastor. Um, he was really mature, was the moral of that story. I think that was my going away party, wasn't it? I think it was a birthday, maybe. I don't, I can't remember. I, I don't know. Um, Billy was a senior when I left, and uh, so he graduated in 2018, and he went down, and he started to do uh, YWAM, or Youth with a Mission, correct? Yes, correct. I want to make sure I didn't like, mess up the name in the first bit. That'd be, ter- that'd be embarrassing. Um, but he started, to do, he started to do work with YWAM right after he graduated, uh, and I, I, I heard about that, and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then I, through the years, I've gotten a couple of calls here and there. Uh, and little updates from Billy as he's living a hard life down in Kona, uh, Hawaii. It's really slaving away for the Lord is what that is. Um, but uh, I would get little updates and it, it sounded pretty cool. And then and then he, he hollered at me, what was that, like last September maybe or somewhere? Yeah, like October. Yeah, um, about, uh, he was like, I'm going on this, I'm going on this outreach trip and then we're doing the mission debrief in Lakeside, Montana. Lakeside, Montana. Uh, in my mind, it's just up the flathead. That's all I could remember. Uh, but uh, Lakeside, Montana. I was like, well, that's really close. Um, I had to Google it first to be like, how close? Okay, that, that is close. Um, but uh, he was like, hey, why don't I come down and hang out afterwards? I said, that's a great idea. And then I mentioned to Rob, I'm like, Billy's going to be here that weekend. Why don't we just have Billy talk about a little bit about what he's doing and work that into our, our series about talking closer to God. So, uh, you've done three. Yes. Three, three trips with YWAM. Tell me about all, tell me about your your process through YWAM here over the the last couple of years. So I went into YWAM, uh, right after my senior year in high school, right when I was 18, graduated in June, went in July. Um, the entry-level program for Youth with a Mission is called a Discipleship Training School, or a DTS, and it's a six-month-long course where for three months you're in Kona, you're having fun, but you're also having lectures every week 
uh, about different topics, basically getting closer to God. The motto for YWAM is to know God and to make him known. So those first three months are really get to know God, grow your relationship with him, understand like how to have a relationship with God and how to like draw close to him. And then the second three months following that is what we call an outreach portion where we go uh, international or into the nations and we go and we make him known and basically walking that out practically uh, in the mission field. And so I did that when I was uh, 18 and I went to a little South Pacific Island nation called Tonga. You probably haven't heard of it because I hadn't heard of it. Um, I then, had heard of it. Yeah. I didn't know Tonga existed. Probably because I told you. No, no. I knew that beforehand. Okay. I didn't know much about him. Yeah. But yeah, and then I did that. And then I went back again uh, the following year to continue on with them. I helped with one school, uh, but instead of going on a trip, I actually went and did a discipleship Bible school where we went through the Bible uh, in three months. We went through the whole Bible, uh, did a lot of homework, did a lot of just like basically writing a commentary on the Bible and how to like lead Bible studies, how to do all that. And then um, this was all before COVID because I was getting ready to come back in 2020. But then uh, with COVID, I actually stayed home for eight months and then right went right back into it October 2020. And then was uh, that's what I've been doing ever since. I led a team to Paraguay in South America. And that just recently, I just got back from leading a team to the Middle East in Egypt and in Oman. So that's what I've been doing for like the last couple of Fantastic. years. That's, I mean, that's, that's a fairly full, uh, full plate there with a pandemic in the middle. Yep. So that's a full sandwich. Uh, we got some pictures here. So let's uh, just to, just to ha enjoy a little uh, run through. So tell us what's going on. In so in this one, uh, this was when I was in Tonga, we would often go and uh, work with schools, the local villages and play with the kids. So we did a lot of that. This is my team. Uh, we were playing with the local village kids in this picture. And then here we are. This is in one of the schools we were teaching them the My God is So Big song. If So a lot of us, we grew up in like Sunday schools and stuff like that. So like, let's do that one. We know that one. So here we are teaching them that. Here, uh, every week... Hey, that's you. This is me. Yes. Every week, we got to go to a school and do their Bible study class, and I taught them every week. So these were all the boys of that school. It was just me teaching all these boys. And so uh, this was the very last time right before I left for home, so I took a picture with all the boys. And here's me teaching the, the class. I pulled them up, made them volunteer, told them to come and act, act out uh, the, I believe this story we were doing, uh, uh, David and his mighty men, so. I never told you to do anything. <laughs> yeah. This here, this was when we were in Paraguay. This is me and a couple of my students uh, and our little, and the daughter of our hostess, her name was Maria. We had such a fun time. So this was right before we went out. When we were in Paraguay, we, would, we were basically in this small little village uh, for, the, for the majority of it. And we went to every single house in the village and made sure every single house had a Bible and got to pray for every single person in, the, in that village. So this was like right before we went out to go do house to house ministry. 
and then I got the chilled chicken. Uh, this was like how we would feed ourselves. We're like, let's uh, let's go. Like, and then they like gave me the knife. I'm like, I've never done this before. I'm like, I just went hacking at it. And like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and so, <laughs> but luckily, I was able to become a semi-pro at the end of that. But yeah, learning skills. Yes, okay. yes, learning skills. But and that's our, and then he, yeah. So that's me and my co-leader, and then our host. Uh, but then we go to the next picture. Here we are. <laughs> Sorry, this is us praying for one of the one of the people in the village. This picture was actually taken by her son, who took my camera and just started taking pictures. And I was like, "Yeah, that's actually a pretty good picture," and of us all praying. Here, so right before this last school, uh, all of us staff, so we send several teams per school, so we would have like 50 to 60 students, and then like send out five, six teams to different nations. But before the school even started, all of us who were uh, staffing and leading schools, we went to New York City uh, to kind of have like a little mini outreach to, uh, to prepare just us to like get ready to lead again. And so I actually got to preach and share my testimony in Times Square one Sunday morning, uh, we were working with a church that sets up every Sunday morning at, at Times Square to do worship for three hours while people are just walking by. That's awesome. And so this is me sharing my testimony at, in Times Square. People just have to listen because <laughs> we had speakers. <laughs> Billy the street preacher. Yeah. Wouldn't and, have called that. Yeah. And then this was a... Jesus Summer, so this is another event that also in Times Square, they uh, set up a stage and they had a bunch of different performing artists, like big, big ones too, like the, uh, I forget. Like Crowder? And sadly, not Crowder, but the- It wasn't big then. <laughs> <laughs> but if you know the song, My Redeemer Lives, that uh, she was there, and so she performed live. She was the big headliner, mm. um, and but we basically were on staff for that, and we got to walk around and pray for people as they were just coming, and asking, and I asking them like, what's what's going on? We did to tell them like what's happening. So we we did that with all of us. Cool. And then here we are. This is the most recent my most recent trip to Egypt and Oman. This is in Egypt. Uh, the picture on the left is us at a mosque. So uh, we didn't have a lot of like ministry that we could just do like upfront and everything because in Egypt and Oman, these nations are closed off. Uh, so it's illegal to be a missionary. So we're like, oh, we're here as students, which is technically true. So, <laughs> and so we're like, we got to go to this mosque and we walked around uh, praying without them knowing, like all secret, like spies, like praying, like Jesus, come here to this mosque and covert prayer. Yeah, covert prayers. I'm gonna add that yeah. in later. And then the picture on the right is us in a bazaar, uh, just going down, like uh, having seen all the cool stuff and and praying as well. But then also like talking to people in the shops in the market here. This uh, is uh, in Cairo, in Egypt. This is called Trash City. It is basically just a bunch of broken, run-down um, like buildings with like nothing on them, bare scrap, bare bones, and people live here. Uh, is right next to where 
the the Coptic churches are. Um, so this is actually where a lot of the impoverished lived in, in Cairo. So we got to go here and we got to meet people there and like pray with them and, and, and like try and like talk to them. And so it was just really eye opening for me at least seeing that. Yeah. And then here every week we got to teach Bible school in a, in a, in a Sudanese refugee center. So, uh, South Sudan, a lot of the stuff, not, yeah, so Sudan, not South Sudan, two different countries, but Sudan, the refugees would come up to Egypt, mm. and uh, one of our contacts we were working with ran the refugee center. So every week we would go to the school and get to teach the Bible school for the kids. So this was our last day there, taking pictures with all the, all the kids, um, with the team and everyone, so... And then... Now, how long were you in Egypt? We were in Egypt for seven weeks. Okay. And then in Oman for four, for four weeks. And so this picture is in Oman. Within Oman, there's even less ministry opportunities because they are completely closed off. There's like 50 Christians in the whole nation, and they can only practice in one part of the whole country. But it's illegal to convert. It's illegal to be a missionary. I couldn't get any jail time. They'll just like put a stamp on my passport that says, don't come back till... Twenty four ninety nine, but yeah, you'd be old and wise at that point. Yeah, that that one wouldn't hope. But so what we did for ministry opportunities is we would actually just go out, meet people, and just build a relationship with them. And in that relationship, that we could actually like talk to them openly about like uh, whatever, like what like our testimonies and our experiences with God, with Jesus. And so we were actually with these group of guys in Oman and we got to really pour a lot into them and really uh, just do life with them. Uh, all of them, majority of them are Muslim, so, or questioning. And so we're like, let's just pour into these guys. So we got to do a lot of work with them. And at the very end, like, we've never been so happy here. And we're like, well, that's because we get, we have the joy of Jesus. So we got to share that with them. It was super cool. We we're like super like, boom, more covert prayer stuff like that. But yeah covert prayer. I love, I love that. That, that sounds like, um, just kind of, it's less of the, I think when a lot of us think of evangelism going out on a mission, you think of kind of your street preaching in New York, right? But this is, you're literally just doing what we do in the community of making connections with people and going out for food. Yeah. Uh, do you remember what you're eating here? This, this one here, we were having fried chicken. So yeah, really foreign foods. Yeah, really, really, <clears throat> really moving out there. Uh, good, good, good. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, and this is uh, my most recent team. So me and my co-leader, who's the girl on my right, we got to lead these four students uh, from all over the world to Egypt and Oman. Um, and so this is us in Egypt uh, right at the sand dunes. So getting to overlook the whole desert. That's pretty cool. Nice. And really got to pour into them. So, and then got to do a little bit of fun stuff when you're in Egypt. You got to go see the pyramids. So, got to do that. And our guy was like, "How would you stand on the camel and take your picture?" I'm like, "Sure, why not?" <laughs> I'm only so, 18 feet in the air. That's yeah. fine. That's fine. Bold move. I like it. And the yeah, camel didn't move. No, that's the impressive part. Not at all. I'm less impressed by your balance and more impressed by the camel. To be honest. Yeah, he's got a power stance going on. Too. Yeah. 
Yeah, he really does back there. I yeah. hadn't noticed that. Yeah. That's quality. Quality camel right there. Oh, yeah, dodge a picture out of it. So nice. Yeah, it's good stuff. All right. So uh, I, I think the, the part that we're going <laughs> to focus in on here is as part of the kind of getting into our, our series here is we're talking about personal disciplines. Um, and that's, that's an aspect that we use to draw closer to God. That's really kind of what propels our relationship with God. Uh, last week, I talked about solitude and silence, and everybody loved that. Uh, you guys all experienced that this week and, and talked about that and loved how the silence, uh, super great, right? Um, super comfortable. Um, and then we've talked about Sabbath, of course. So you can go to that next slide there, Jen. Um, so these are, these are all personal disciplines that I would recommend that you uh, would look into and experiment with, but we're not going to talk about these three too much today because we got last week's sermon and we got a whole series or two on Sabbath that you can go back and dig into if you want a refresher there. Um, but these are also personal disciplines, but we've got a couple of other ones that we want to talk about between me and Billy here uh, and, and kind of look at some of the experiences that Billy has had with these personal disciplines along with some of the experiences I've had and, and look at how that draws us closer to God. So the first one we're going to talk about is just Bible study, um, which is uh, kind of the, that's a good base layer, right? Uh, you did a fair amount of Bible study a fair, yeah. down there, including a three-month like Bible intensive where you're, yeah. that you're eat, sleeping, and breathing. Uh, you said writing a commentary. Yeah. Did you actually write out commentary? I, we wrote out, so I would write summaries. I would write out my own like personal like reflection on the on the Bible on the text, and then also I would do a book report on like basically a Bible study on it, the character and nature of God that we saw in that passage, all the historical context of that passage of like here's the historical context to this part of the text, um, a whole bunch more homework, but yeah. And you're getting into the text every day? Every, every day, yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. So th this is, this would be comparable. This is what we do with our LTGs, right? This is why we, this is why we do our LTGs. We read and we dig into the text and we're, we're looking to see where God shows up there. And really what this does, what this enables us to do is it prepares us for those opportunities that God puts in front of us. Um, as, I, as we were talking, as you were telling me some of your stories, uh, what, what kind of occurred to me is that, as you're meeting these people in these foreign countries that share completely different cultures and completely different uh, philosophies and religions and beliefs, um, the opportunities that God was putting in front of you, I think you had prepared for in those times where you're the three months before you go on the outreach or during the Bible intensive study uh, sessions, uh, the, those moments are preparing you so that you remember the stories uh, so that you can teach people yeah. um, just from getting in yeah. the text and being aware of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one of the things that we often talk about is how the Bible is this two-edged sword. Um, how it's like in Second Timothy it talks about how the Bible is a two-edged sword, and it's like you can't really utilize your sword if you never practice with it. So how are you supposed to when the fight comes? How are you supposed to actually fight with it if you've never practiced? Oh. So there's a lot of practice going into it beforehand. Sure, I love it. I love it. We got a verse here out of a uh, Second Timothy. It says, "Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted." 
while evil people and impostors will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed, knowing that from whom you learned it, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings. From childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And so when, I, when we were talking about this, this idea of equipping yourself, and I love that, the two, it's the sword. And if you never practice with it, how would you expect to uh, show up? Uh, that rem- just rabbit trail, that reminds me of uh, Harry Potter when they cancel their, like, you can't actually practice magic, right? You just have to show up to the test. And we know the theory, so you should be fine. Um, that there's Logan's brain insight into insight. Logan's brain there. Um, but this, this idea of you have to, you have to practice it and you, and I think it, it's, it's pretty clear from as you're describing these things and talking about your experiences and even going to New York, it's, it's kind of preparing oh, yourself. Yeah. It's a practice trip almost Yeah, exactly. uh, is what it sounded like. So this idea of, of with the Timothy, Timothy verse there of it, it's preparing you for all of these things. Um, and it's almost your ammunition. Mm-hmm. So good stuff. Bible study. That's our first one. Let's talk about personal worship. Uh, personal worship is the, the second one that we want to focus in on here. Uh, I'm going to start with the, the verse here. It's Psalm 105. Um, it says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. You didn't do any of that, right? No? No? Okay. Uh, that was a joke. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Tell of all his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Continually. Remember the wondrous works that he has done, his miracles and the judgments he uttered. Seek his strength continually. Um, now, I... I this is, this is one I'm a little bit passionate about. Uh, I don't know. I'm kind of big on worship. Um, but what uh, the thing here is that continually, you want to seek it continually. This is something that we, we don't just show up on Sunday morning. Once a week, we get our, our four songs and we're good to go. Or maybe we turn on Caleb every once in a while if you're really... Uh, Spotify, if you're if you're cool, uh, just stay away from Caleb. Get a Caleb, but uh, I'm just kidding. If you like Caleb, but uh, you're spending time in personal worship throughout the week. That you're going back continually to recharge with God in this and remembering those things that He's done. As the songs remind us, remembering of His promises, remembering of the things He's done, remembering who He is, remembering who He's created us to be. Um, I'll, I'll do this sometimes. Uh, I, I noticed it when, when I had first moved back here and we weren't holding services and I started to, I started to feel I was, I was, it was like I was jonesing. That might be the wrong way, but I was jonesing for worship. Like I was going through worship withdrawals maybe. Um, and, and what I, what I started to do is I would just grab my worship binder from, eons ago and I would just play and it's like that thick and I would just play through that sucker. Uh, I remember I went over to Lori's one day and we, we went through most of, if not all of that binder and just kind of jammed out for a while. Um, but this, this getting time in personal worship and that might, that might look like throwing on your headphones. Um, that could look like all sorts of different things, but it brings you back to 
and centers you on God throughout your week. Um, now, Billy, you had said you, obviously you're used to corporate worship, but getting that personal worship time was also important. It, it was important to you, right? Yeah, it's very important to me. I think because personally, when I what worship is 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 intimacy with God. It's it's there was one thing that we were told is like what you worship is what you fear and like recognizing that like this is who God is and it's like like okay what I worship is what I obey as well and so when I worship God it's like I'm trying to find him and like be intimate with him so that way I am growing closer to him rather than anything else that is trying to take my attention away and so like that is what worship is and like also, do you want me to go in um, on the other thing too? Sure. Yeah. And so uh, also like what worship is, is seeking the presence of God. So like it doesn't even always have to look like songs and, and stuff. It can, it can look like any way you, how you find God's presence, whether that is like dancing or, or art or painting or whatever it is, because it's like where you go to find God. Like I, whenever I'm worshiping, I'm trying to like look at his face, meet him face to face, like, Billy to Jesus, like that's what I'm doing, and so, and like God, and like even even like artwork or like stuff like that. I, I'm a photographer. I like I love taking photos. I find God in that, and I find worship in that because it is utilizing my skill set that God gave me to glorify Him. Because it's like a father who gives their child a paint says like I don't want you painting pictures of me all day. You can paint whatever you want. I'm going to love you for it, and and that's what's connecting me to you, and so. It, does, it can be just any way that you are finding God's presence. It's just seeking after his presence and uh, looking at his face. That's, that's what worship is, and that's what personal worship is. Like Corporate times are great to come together and, and, and have reverence for God, but on, on your own, personally, just seeking his presence and being like just surrounding yourself with him. Yeah, uh, this, and, and really it opens it up to all sorts of stuff that you can do that can be an act of worship. Um, something I want to define here is that worship is, it's a, it's a state that you put yourself, it, it's, it's a position for your heart. Um, in Genesis 18, we get this story of Abraham. It says, the Lord appeared to him by the oaks of Mamre, Abraham sitting under the tree as he sat at the door of his tent in the heat of the day. He lifted his eyes up and he looked and behold, three men were standing in front of him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the earth bowed himself to the earth. And he said, Oh Lord, if I have found favor in your sight, do not pass by your servant. This bowed himself to the earth. That's the same phrase uh, that shows up later in John four twenty four, 24, uh, where it says uh, this phrase is get down uh, worship in spirit and truth. Uh, but it says in the Greek, it's get down on my knees. And, and we see this, this, he got down, he bowed himself. You're laying yourself down, you're submitting yourself and worship becomes this act of submission. And so you can do all sorts of things as an act of submission and say like, God, this is, I'm doing this as a gift to you. I'm doing this to glorify you. And that becomes an act of worship. It can be throwing drywall. Like that could be doing that could become an act of worship in a sense. Um, if you're putting yourself into that place, if you're putting your heart in that place. Yeah. So. Someone once told me that uh, 
one of, one of the things that we do in Wyoming oftentimes is uh, we just go out and serve community. And we were pulling weeds, and someone told me, yo, this is an act of worship right here because we're matching the physical with the spiritual, and we're taking these roots, and we're pulling them out, these things that are feeding off the, of life, and we're at these weeds, and we're pulling them away. This is an act of worship. And so. Absolutely. So personal worship, not just corporate, but working that and and developing those rhythms. All of this is something, all of these, you want to develop rhythms for each of these disciplines. And it might not be every day for all of them. It might just be like once every so often, but you want to have a rhythm for each of these where you spend some time doing them uh, to draw closer to God. The next one we're going to talk about is we're, we're both experts in, we determined, uh, fasting. Yeah. Now that's, it's funny. I say this flippantly because we realize we're both really good at forgetting to eat. Um, It looks like Billy might be better at it than me, but uh, that's two weeks in a row. I made a joke like that. I'm feeling good. (laughs) Nailed it. (laughs) Self-deprecating humor. Uh, So, but fasting, we want to look at at Matthew six here. It says, uh, and when you fast, do not look gloomy like hypocrites. For they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received your they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will re- I feel like that I feel like our that might be a miss a typo, but and your father sees you in sec- who sees you in secret will reward you. Um so the, one of the things as I was looking at fasting, cause this is not one that I'm, I, I haven't done a lot of fasting. I, I, we did our 21 day fast, uh, and focus on prayer for the hub earlier this year. And I gave up a couple of things there and then through Lent, I'll, I'll give up fast food. And so like fasting in that sort of sense, but I haven't done any like real rigid fasting, but one of the things that became apparent, and if you go look up all of the mentions of fasting, it's, there's this common theme of denying yourself to focus and draw nearer to God. And it involves humbling yourself, right? Now, Billy, uh, as we were talking about this, Billy, you had an interesting first experience with fasting. Tell, tell us about this. Okay. So my first experience fasting, I never ever fasted before in my life and I'm doing my DTS. I'm doing uh, I'm just in there in Hawaii. That's the discipleship, discipleship training school, Discipleship right? training school, doing my, doing my school. And then I'm going to a local church, and they're also starting their 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I just think to myself, I can probably do that. And then I'd be, you're, you're jazzed up for Bible school, Yeah, right? I'm jazzed up. I'm all. I'm all. I'm all, super pumped. I'm all like, I'm here to freaking preach the gospel and be part of like this mission trip thing. I'm here to like, I'm all in, all and, in on this Jesus. Yeah, stuff. I'm all in on yeah. this Jesus stuff. And so I'm, at, I'm in this church and they're like, we're starting our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And me, my humble self thinking, Oh, I can probably do that. And then I just, I just, I just feel Holy Spirit prompt me and says, then why don't you? And I went, Oh shoot. <laughs> and so I went, I am a, I'm eight, I'm already scrawny too. Like, like <laughs> this is actually the most I probably weighed. And so I'm, I'm 18. So I'm actually even skinnier than this. And I, I am in this like new environment and like, I like, am like going out every single day anyways. And so like, I am not the person to be fasting, but I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. I went 21 days with no solid food. I only had like soup and, and like bone broth and, 
and juice and stuff like that. And I was dying at the end, but I actually, I, I lost weight. And then everyone's like, Billy, are you okay? <laughs> Should we be worried about you? But it was just, it was, it was so eye opening to me because like I then went to Tonga like a week after I finished my fast and I was just eating so much food. I had never eaten so much food in my life. And then I gained like 30 pounds because I had, <laughs> I had lost 10 pounds and I had gained the, like gained it all back and then went on top of that. So I was like, okay, the physical world's matching the spiritual, but it's just like having to deny myself over and over again. I actually ended up spending even more time back in the word because I was like, you know, if I can't, if I can't feed my physical human flesh, I'm going to feed my spirit. And so I replay, I, it wasn't just this starving myself just to starve myself. It was, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to replace the physical with the spiritual and I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, feed my spirit man instead of, and denying my, my flesh. And so that experience was just so eye opening that the second time I did it was actually a lot easier, mostly because I only did it for two days. Uh, so the it, the lesson here is maybe start small with fasting. Yeah, start small. I do not recommend <clears throat> going 21 days. I maybe do a, do like a lunch. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good start. I like that. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah, you don't even have to do it like a regular basis. Maybe like every third Monday of the fourth month of the eighth year or something like that. I'm gonna have to go back and see what you just said there on the tape. <laughs> But that sounded like a rhythm. Uh, might have been a polyrhythm, but it was a rhythm. Uh, that was a that was a music joke. But uh, so fasting, and and we'll probably talk about that more uh, coming up in future weeks and months. Uh, that's something that Rob has been wrestling with a little bit. So we just wanted to put that on your horizon. Uh, that can be a beneficial one. Uh, next up is prayer, uh, covert included in this. Uh, the first, and we're going to talk about this kind of in two different parts. Uh, the first one where we're going to look at first Thessalonians here, uh, chapter five, 16 and 18 it says rejoice always. That's verse 16 right there. That's just rejoice always, uh, pray without ceasing. That's verse 17. So these are really easy to remember. So you've got Bible verses memorized and you'd be like, I got like three whole verses with this little chunk here. Uh, give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. But this pray without ceasing is something we were talking about of it's, it's, you described it as a, a conversation prayer, yeah. kind of just keeping the connection going with God as if you would a friend, right? Yeah. Like how you and I are doing right now is like just in my own, like, personal time with the Lord. We, we, I, I often tell my students who I'm like pouring into who don't really know or like how to have a conversation with God, I'm like, why don't you just go on a date with Jesus? Like go to, go to a coffee shop, sit down, order two coffees, one for yourself and then sit the other one there and then be like, that one's for Jesus. And you just start talking to him. And what happens to that second coffee later? I often get it. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> They bring you Jesus's coffee, yeah. but yeah, no, smooth but, move. Yeah, but also is uh, also just like that for myself. Just like often, just like talking to him, like, "Hey, how's your day going?" And like me, just telling him like what's going on. Like even like stuff that I'm like stressed out about. Like I'm so stressed about all these scenes coming up. Like, 
and all that, and then like just like allowing myself to like receive his advice almost like like a good friend or uh, a father, you know. Yeah, you said uh, one of the things you said as we were talking the other day was uh, it allows you to express yourself to God, but also re- receive encouragement mm-hmm. from Him uh, throughout the day. And I thought that was I thought that was really good. Uh, that I'm going to tie that back to last week. We talked about uh, one of the things that you could practice for silence was the daily office, and that's that regular. You know, you're scheduling a rhythm of morning, noon, and night of spending setting aside some time to just get in prayer. Um, that might be how you start and start to develop this consistent conversation uh, of having a conversation with God throughout your day. Um, so that's, this is, this is the conversational prayer, like as Jesus would be a friend and I'm going to talk to God as a friend. The next one that we want to talk about is intercessory. I cannot say this word. I've tried so many times. Intercessory, intercessory prayer. prayer. See, you so much better at saying it than me. Yeah. That Inter- one, it's like Worcestershire sauce. <laughs> I can say that better than I can say intercessor. Nope, it's not happening. Just say, uh, we also just call it intercession. Intercession, I can handle that. Yeah, there we go. Now, when, when we were talking about this, okay, so prayer's these two spots. It's conversational and then it's intercession. Nailed it. Uh, <clears throat> we both thought of this same verse, this same story out of Genesis. And we go back to Genesis 18. We pick back up with Abraham. Um, so this is a little bit later and he's fed the, he's fed the visitors. And so the men turned from there and went towards Sodom where Abraham stood before, uh, but Abraham stood before the Lord. He got in, he got in God's way. Then Abraham drew near and said, will you indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked? God's planning on destroying Sodom. Uh, suppose there are 50 righteous within the city. Will you sweep away the place? Uh, sweep away the place and not spare it for the 50 righteous who are in it. Far be it from you to do such a thing, to put the righteous to death with the wicked, so that the righteous fare as the wicked. God, he's just standing in front of God, and this is a bold thing to tell God what, no, this isn't who you, you're not going to do that, God. Uh, Abraham's showing some chutzpah here. Mm-hmm. Um Far be it from, uh, far be that from you. Shall not the judge of the earth do what is just? And the Lord said, if I find at Sodom 50 righteous in the city, I will spare the whole place for their sake. Abraham answered and said, behold, I have undertaken to speak to the Lord. He's, I'm, I'm already in this far. We might as well just like, we're, we're just gonna, we're gonna raise the, raise the bet, right? Um, but I, I who am but dust and ashes, like I got no business. I'm sitting on a seven, two offsuit and I'm raising the bet here. This is, this is terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, suppose five of the 50 righteous are lacking. Will you destroy the whole city for lack of five? So we're down to 45. And he said, I will not, des-, God said, I will not destroy it. If I find 45 there, God can do math. That's what we learned from that. Again, he said to him and said, suppose 40 are found there. He answered for the sake of 40, I will not do it. Once again, raising the bet. Uh, and they said, oh, let not the Lord be angry. Like, uh, don't get mad, but uh, I'm going to push in a little bit more. And I will speak. Suppose 30 are found there. He answered, I will not do it if I find 30 there. He said, behold, I have undertaken to speak to the Lord. Once again, just re- like, I can't believe I'm doing this. Suppose 20 are found there, Abraham, and God answered, for the sake of 20, I will not destroy it. Then he said, oh, let not the Lord be angry. And I will speak again. But this once, one more time, one more raise. Suppose 10 are found there. And he answered, for the sake of 10, I will not destroy it. And the Lord went his way when he had finished speaking to Abraham and Abraham returned to his place. And this is possibly the best story of intercession in the Bible. 
I, I, this might be for me, at least when you say intercession, this is what I think of. This is somebody coming and standing in the gap. Abraham gets, gets in front of God and stands in the gap for these people at Sodom. Um, and so standing in the gap for someone who can't do it, they either don't know that they need to be praying for themselves or they don't know how, or there for something is inhibiting or they can't. Right. And Abraham gets in the way and, and he is praying for it. He is interceding for them. Um, and we, you were talking about this. You, you guys do a lot of this. So like, much. this is your mission yeah. is reaching the nations. And so you guys spend a fair amount of time praying for. Yeah. Every Tuesday and Thursday morning, we, as a corporate YWAM uh, staff in Kona, we are all together uh, and we are interceding for a nation or people group or whatever it is. And we even also do it individually like within our smaller schools and in our teams as well. Uh, we're always constantly interceding for different nations and different people groups. And like even within my team, this last one, a majority of what we were doing was actually interceding for the people in Egypt and Oman because like they are um, Muslim nations. They do not know like they they don't know the truth. We have, we have to intercede and pray for their for their salvations, for their eyes to come and for them to come and realize the truth, or. Or even like in the Ukraine situation going on right now, interceding on behalf of them and for them and Russia, interceding for for peace to come there and God to be known there as well. We often pray for most of the closed nations, like even even like like just like every people group we can imagine. In our prayer in our prayer room on campus, we have a constant slideshow of every single nation and just like ways that we could be praying and interceding for them. Hmm. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah, I mean, we, we have pictures. You're walking through a mosque praying. Yeah. That's intercession right that's there. That's intercession right there. Um, and that's when we when we go over and we're walking through that neighborhood um, through Canyon, Canyon Creek, that's what we're doing. We're interceding. Um, that's, that, that's our mission. That's our drive here in Missoula is that we would be interceding. We're praying for the people of Missoula. It's, it's, it's a smaller scale mm-hmm. than... than the worldwide that you're experiencing, but it's no less important, I would say. Um, so that's the, that's, 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 uh, our last of developing a rhythm of prayer. And I would say conversational prayer, start there maybe, and then, or start with intercessory prayer. I intercessory, I still can't get it. Pray that I can learn how to say that word. (laughs) Apparently I just can't, uh, but developing these rhythms of prayer is important. Uh, and, and spending that time draws you closer to God. Uh, so I want to wrap up with the, one more question for you, Billy. Uh, and I would say in your time since uh, beginning with YWAM and through your experience thus far, where do you think the most growth has taken place? What do you think has been like, when you think of like, oh man, yeah, that's completely different. God got a hold of me and changed me. Yeah, honestly, I would say every single aspect of my life has changed. It's like more so than I have ever experienced in my life. So I would say just in general, everything is changed differently, drastically, because like, oh man, I don't even know. I'm so caught up in like how much has happened in the last four years. And it's like, I went from this broken place, not really knowing 
not really understanding everything, like going to church every day, going to youth group every week, going to like doing these things, but like then actually like making it my own and really and like really making my own relationship with God rather than feeding off of my parents or my pastors or my mentors or whoever it is. It's like actually, no, this is me and God's relationship and only I can uh, have this. And then like allowing him in every aspect of my life to just become aligned with that. And so, yeah, that's what I would, that's what I would answer that with. It's like just every single one of these areas I have grown in and it has changed me radically from the that 18 year old who was dealing with anxiety and depression to to now being someone who is just so caught on fire and wanting to go to the nations and just like let's just do this thing you know and so that's awesome that's awesome so i'm gonna i'm gonna close with a couple of thoughts here of uh, the first one being that practicing these disciplines develops the muscle for when you need it i think is the the maybe the lesson to draw out of today uh, and, and the goal being that you're almost making it second nature. Uh, my example of that would be instead of, it's a shift in thinking of instead of saying, oh, I should have been praying about that to when something arises, oh yeah, I'm going to pray about it to when something arises, you just automatically start talking to God about it. There's this shift of should have, now I'm just naturally going to do it, but now I'm just automatically doing it, right? There's this shift. Um, it, it shifts uh, maybe in Bible study from, okay, yeah, I should, I should have maybe, maybe I could have applied some teaching of Jesus in this conversation with a person to realizing, oh, I can do that. And now I got to go look it up, right? And, and that's fine. I got to go Google what this verse is. I do that all the time because I can't memorize anything. Um, obviously lyrics. Uh, but moving from that to now I have it in me. I just automatically know these stories. I don't have to go look it up. It's just, I'm automatically just throwing out this stuff in conversations with people. You're practicing these disciplines and it draws you closer to God. And as you practice, it beefs up that muscle, if you will. Uh, and it, it, it helps in your conversations. It helps in your interactions with people and it helps you to live out the word. Uh, and then the, the last thought is that you should be uh, drawing, being closer to God should have an impact on people around you. If you draw closer to God, it will impact the people around you because ultimately it's not about you. Um, I would say drawing closer to God really uh when I think about it, at least, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong about this, but I, I don't think I am. Uh, drawing closer to God just increases the ability for the Holy Spirit to utilize you and to act through you. Um, it, as I improve in these ways, I'm becoming a better conduit for God's Spirit, and that's going to affect other people around me. I'm going to be better at ministering to them. I'm going to be better at teaching, at sharing, at praying, at interceding, and all of that stuff. I'm going to improve, and I'm going to be a better tool for the kingdom, ultimately, which sounds pretty satisfying. So, yeah, it's not about me, but it also has that personal payoff of I'm closer to God, and that's pretty great. So I just want to wrap up with that. Uh, I will put a little plug here that uh, our Dear Gracie Jenkins is also going to be running off to Kona. Um, when, are, when are you leaving? September. I'll see you there. Uh, there you go. 
you have a friend now. You, you've made you made a friend already. Look at that. The Lord provides. Um, but uh, if you would like more information, she's doing a little bit of fundraising, and I think she's setting up maybe like a prayer email and stuff like that, and developing some connections with people. Um, so if you would like to connect with her, um, I know she would like to connect with you. Uh, but she just didn't want me to like throw on our microphone up in front of everybody uh, willy-nilly. So I'll just put that plug there of reach out to Gracie or reach out to myself and I'll get you connected to her if you're watching this online. So with that, I'm going to close this in prayer and then we're going to move into our time of communion. Lord, we thank you for your word and we thank you for your passion for us as people, uh, that you would love us so much uh, to want to connect with us. And we ask that as we wrestle with and work towards drawing closer to you, um, that you would help us in that pursuit, that you would help us to grow, help us, give us direction in that, um, light that fire in us that I see in Billy. It's fantastic. Lord, we, we thank you for Billy, and we thank you for all of the people involved with YWAM and uh, the just fantastic work that they are doing throughout the world, uh, reaching the nations and making you known um, and developing students that are drawing closer and knowing you better. Uh, we just pray for their, their mission um, and as they, as they move forward this year and make new plans and seek new paths um, that you would be leading and guiding and ever present for them. We just thank, we thank you for that. And we pray for this in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Mission Ridge Church Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and share if you enjoyed this message. Mission Ridge is a church focused on relational discipleship and located in Missoula, Montana. If you are in the Missoula area, we would love to have you come and join us for worship. Service times, location, and all kinds of other fun stuff can be found on our website, missionridge.church. You can connect with Mission Ridge Church through Facebook or Instagram, so give us a like or follow. If you would like to partner with us financially, you can give securely online at missionridge.church. We'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks for tuning in.